The Start On Demand. demand. It was a crazy morning on The Start. We learned at the end of our show that Manitoba has its first presumptive case of coronavirus in the province. And Wednesday was just a dizzying day of crazy headlines. The budget blew up at the legislature. NDP blocked it. So we will speak with the leader of the NDP, Wab Canoe, on why his party blocked the budget. We'll also talk about how we unplug, how we escape the real world when things get overwhelming because Wednesday, as mentioned, was just chaos in terms of all of the headlines that were coming out in an avalanche of bad news after bad news after bad news. How do you unplug? I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. This is the Thursday, March 12th podcast for The Start. I think as of 4.30 p.m. yesterday, if I were to say to you, Loren, what the hell happened? <laughs> the, the story would be obvious. But then the flurry of headlines that came out last night. I, we were, I, sent, I got a text from you, I think at like 10.07. I replied, and then you replied, Greg. Yeah. And I said, why are we all still awake? It was dizzying. I was dizzy last night. Like, and that's not an exaggeration with just the revolving headlines. And so just to take us back to 4.30, we would have been talking about the budget. Budget never came down. That's never happened in my career as a journalist to be able to, I know what's in it and I can't tell you guys about it. So that's unprecedented. And then we, it just kept going with the news on COVID-19 and Trump suspending travel to the States and then the NBA suspending its season. And then Tom Hanks announces that he has it. And, and not that we need to get more concerned about an actor over anyone else. It was just like, where, when will the wheel stop turning, so to speak? I think that's when it hit home for a lot of people, quite frankly. Not that Tom Hanks is any more important than anybody else, no. as you mentioned, but... Until you can put a name to what's going on, it's just statistics about people in other countries far away. And I think that has really hit home for a lot of people if the whole idea that a National Basketball Association, an enterprise that large, has decided to suspend its season as it did last night. Yeah, March Madness also. I mean, we we saw discussion about this a couple of weeks ago that they were contemplating whether or not they would allow fans and they decided they're going to go ahead with March Madness with no fans in attendance that's a huge event that's the one it's the one time of year where many people who have no idea what what college basketball yep. is will pay attention to college basketball uh, so that's going to have no fans the world figure skating championships in Montreal have been cancelled. One of my buddies uh, who lives in Vancouver, but uh, he has ties to Montreal, he's sad because he was set to volunteer mm-hmm. at the figure skating championships. Uh, so that's just one. Like it, The list went on and on and on yesterday. And, and then, with all these different things, you have the NBA, you have Trump cancelling, or you know, people coming from Europe can't come to the States, and you start to think, are we going to do that in Canada? And then you see the NBA, and you think... How far before, how long before the NHL does the same thing? And your mind starts spinning in, into what questions you need to be asking just as a citizen, like not as a journalist, but just as someone who's at home wondering, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Like, who do I talk to? Do I talk to my boss today about where we go with things? Do I talk to the school? What do I tell the kids? Like all of that. They've canceled uh, school in Washington State, uh, contemplating similar things in California. There's one city in New York, uh, part of a city within one of the biggest cities in the world has been essentially locked down. You can come and go, but you'll be monitored and they're not allowing gatherings of a certain size all over different states, different cities, different counties in the U.S. It's really just been a mind-blowing boggling, dizzying 20 hours or so. Now, Greg, you put something together uh, regarding the NBA and their decision they made yesterday. Yeah, so just uh, for those that are just waking up and don't know, National Basketball Association has suspended its season after a Utah Jazz player has preliminarily tested positive for COVID-19. The test result was reported shortly prior to the tip-off of last night's game between the Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder at Chesapeake Energy Arena. That's in OKC. The NBA said in a statement shared last evening. At that time, the game was cancelled. The affected player was not in the arena. Players were on the floor for warm-ups and the opening tip was moments away when they were told to return to their locker rooms. Fans were told about 30 minutes later that the game was postponed due to unforeseen circumstances. Fans, due to unforeseen circumstances, the game tonight has been postponed. You are all safe. 
and take your time in leaving the arena tonight and do so in an orderly fashion. Thank you for coming out tonight. We are all safe. And you can visit OKCThunder.com for updates on upcoming. On this game, and the official announcement just came that this game has been postponed. So any further information will have to come later on. That is all the information that we have right now that has been disseminated from the league to us here inside the arena. And so the Jazz and Thunder will not play the game here tonight. Unfortunately, the game has been postponed. So later on came shortly thereafter and the NBA announced that the season was going to be suspended at the conclusion of all of last night's games. In fact, a game in Sacramento never even got underway. Uh, The NBA, here's the quote, will use this hiatus to determine next steps for moving forward in regard to the coronavirus pandemic. The league said it has been widely reported that the player is Jazz Center Rudy Gobert. He's an all-star player for the Jazz. Of course, last night the NHL completed five games, including the Jets' 4-2 win in Edmonton. Speculation was rampant amongst hockey media that the NHL would follow suit and put the brakes on their season last night. The NHL did make a statement last evening which indicated they would be making an actual statement today. Do we have time to uh, play Blake Wheeler's comments here from post-game? Here's how he found out on the ice. I mean, I was talking to Leon uh, you know, before the second period and I didn't even know he was late to hear about the NBA and uh, so that was kind of crazy and the refs Refs were talking about it too, so um, you know, just unusual, an unusual, you know, kind of night uh, uh, overall. You know, I think the way things have been unfolded the last you know few days, and certainly going into the game tonight, uh, you know, our pregame meals, our pregame skates, our you know everything, pretty much leading up to the game, was talking about this, and um, you know, Andrew Kopp and I were talking. Uh, it's going to be wild looking at our phones after a couple hours of playing, and you know, shoot, we didn't even barely got the puck drop and dominoes were already falling. So um, it's a crazy time right now. Mm-hmm. Leon being Leon Dreisaitl of the Oilers. So Blake Wheeler actually finding out on the ice from a player on the other team about the NBA shutdown. Mackling McGarry and McNabb. So yesterday we had the budget thing blow up. And then it was just this endless assault of headlines related to coronavirus. And Greg, you've got a clip here from one uh, Blake Wheeler. Yeah, of course, we've played a little bit of Blake Wheeler in Kelly Sports. And uh, to start things off and the whole idea that the news of the NBA shutting down its season, uh, Blake Wheeler learned it from Leon Dreisaitl of the Oilers on the ice. But in the post, his post-game comments, he discussed uh, the fact that... Uh, he took pride a little bit with the notion that maybe this was a distraction for folks. I think first and foremost, you just, uh, you know, you want to, you want to do what's in the best interest of everyone involved. You know, um, obviously, yeah, we're playing good hockey right now and we're pushing for a playoff spot and fighting for our lives, but, uh, it's not as important as everything else. So, um, you know, if, if, if we're under the impression that, you know, we're at no risk and we can continue playing, whether that's with fans in the building, without fans in the building, or what they deem necessary, um, you know, we'll keep playing. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, if we're at no risk and we can keep entertaining people and give them a couple hours break from everything else that's going on, then that would be awesome. But, you know, if, if that if, if it gets to the point where, you know, we're putting ourselves in danger and other people, then it doesn't make any sense. So it got us thinking about what are our distractions at times like this. Kelly Moore, Jeff Braun, Jeff Forche. Well, if the weather was nicer, I would just go down to my little spot in my backyard, which I call the lower 40, and watch the <laughs> watch the ducks go into the pond at uh, George Olive Park and maybe... I don't know if they would still be playing or not, but here in the background, the Transcona Nationals practicing or playing on their field, that's probably, you know, take a good book and then uh, later on binge watch whatever we have on the PVR. I was going to say the exact same thing as Kelly. Like, for me, it's go for a walk. You know, clear your head. Uh, Sometimes I listen to music when I walk, then get home and just put on a stupid comedy movie. (laughs) Something that you can just turn your mind off and just laugh. 
For some reason, I'm picturing Kelly with like that zinc stripe on his nose and a visor and his socks pulled up on his lower 40. And no, I'm picturing Jeff no, just no, while no. he's walking with that constant smile on his face. Like, like no, you it's, make, it's, it's one of those dance walks, too. On yeah, exactly. He bounces a He lot. bounces. I feel like everyone should walk with Fortier. You'd feel better just seeing his smile. Like, hey, guys. What's up? Did what, you say Fortier is our Richard Simmons? Basically. Forte, a good song for that particular kind of walk, then, I suggest, is uh, The Man by the Killers. Uh, Just take that out for a spin and see how you feel when you're out having a strut. (laughs) How about you, Jeff Braun? I like to go to the movies, actually into the theater where I can, you know, turn my phone off and have the lights go completely black on me for and then just (laughs) gone for like two, two and a half hours. Do you eat? Snacks at the theater? Absolutely. (laughs) Of course. Yes. Large popcorn or regular? Large, large popcorn. With butter? No. No oh, butter. Jeff, come on. Wow. It's not healthy for you. His stomach will feel better. <laughs> Every time I have movie popcorn, my it's always so tasty, but then my stomach just wants to tear itself out of my body. For me, obviously, it, when the weather is nice, it is golf. I remember one specific day, Greg, this was a couple of years ago, it was the Monday after the, the Las Vegas the, sh- the big shooting, mm. and uh, that was the hardest show I think you and I ever had to do together. Yep. And uh, I just remember being completely spent emotionally, uh, mentally. And I, but it was a beautiful day in October, so I thought I'm gonna I gotta go golfing. So I went out to Bridges in Starbuck and uh, just by myself. And it was peaceful, it was quiet, and it was the it was just that you know I needed a few hours to myself, and I was I was rejuvenated after that. So sometimes you just have to whether it's like Forte said go out and get a walk like kelly says go sit on a bench and just relax or go out play golf that's what does it for me lauren what what does it for you i meditate do you no, really no <laughs> i was just gonna say i'm gonna call bs on yeah, that no. like you'll know if we're in a heavy news cycle where there's bad stuff going on i just get fatter so I eat, clearly, <laughs> to distract myself. And uh, I like to, do, I'll watch shows. I play the piano sometimes. I'll go in the corner, like, you know, and just kind of take 15 minutes to do something different. But no, it's mostly, it's mostly just a lot of hanging with the family and trying to do things that are away from t- TV in the new sense. Yeah. Look at this text from Adam who says, My best distraction is watching my daughter and son outside playing in the backyard using their imaginations. Mm-hmm. I can just mm-hmm. stand and watch forever. That's sweet. I like that. Picking your kids up after school is sometimes the greatest thing if you've had a bad day because they just have such the funniest <laughs> things to say or their life, you know, their perspective is so different. I don't know about you, Greg, but I find that sometimes my happiest part is just hearing the little things that come out of their mouths. Oh, my kids don't say anything when I pick them up. How's your day? Fine. What did you do? Nothing. <laughs> I'm at that point. What did you learn today? I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was the best part of your day? Uh, lunch. Oh, we had music today, so that was good. Uh, so <laughs> my kids are just, you know, they're they're in grade eight now, and so school is is not necessarily uh, their favorite part of their day, biggest part of their day. But uh, my kids' sports is uh, the great escape for me. It, it can divert me from any distraction. There can be a Jets game on the wall at the curling club, and yes, I'll be peeking at it, but. Truly, my interest is focused on what's going on on the curling ice or on the volleyball court right now. We're in the middle of volleyball season. And, uh, yeah, it's just great to get caught up in their pursuits because it it, uh, it allows me to hopefully put down the phone at least for a little bit and not pay attention to everything that's going on. You mentioned uh, kids brighten your day. I was, I'm just thinking that when I had a dog, I used to love going to mm-hmm. the yeah. dog park at Maple Grove Rugby Park. Uh, that It's like a little piece of paradise just along the river there. And, yeah, so if you've got a dog, mm-hmm. take your dog and and take get, take them somewhere they can go off leash, and then you just watch them bouncing around. God, the dog park is like one of the happiest places on earth as far I as I'm concerned. I can't remember what the Twitter handle is, but just after I picked up the kids, it's from school the other day, and as, it's been just a... This has been a depressing week, right? And we went and looked up dog and cat videos. And I'm not that person, but I was dying laughing because it was just people posting like their dog staring at them or licking their face. or I don't know. Yeah. You don't have pets at your house. Me? No. Is anyone who has pets here? I think it's just you. Is it just me? You need Uber kittens. Uber kittens? You can order a kitten to come to your house for like an hour and you just pet the cat and... Really? It's a service they've started. I'd take Uber Dog. Well, there you go.
my God, we could talk. If there was ever a day where I could walk in and say, so what are we talking about right. today? There is an endless flurry of activity to discuss. We just would need a point form list and just sit down and we could talk about it, drop in the odd clip, bring in the odd guest, and it would be seriously a four-hour conversation. It would meander quite a bit, but I think it would always come back to at some point today for everyone it's going to come back to the COVID-19 situation. Yeah, and we've been talking about the NBA suspending its season after the Utah Jazz player preliminary tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, the statement that came from the NBA last night, they didn't identify the player at the time, did they, Greg? They just said a, pl- the a player had tested positive. I think they later um, confirmed that it was NBA player, and now I've lost the name here. Rudy Gobert, yeah. is that right? Yeah, go, probably Gobert, I think. Uh, he's Kelly not French. Going with is he going with Gobert? Okay, let's go with Gobert. He's an NBA all-star. In fact, my kids were freaking out last night. Because, and they were saying Rudy Gobert and uh, this whole idea that a player had been, had tested preliminarily positive. So the, the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder were on the court and then this announcement happened. Fans, due to unforeseen circumstances, the game tonight has been postponed. You are all safe. And... Take your time in leaving the arena tonight and do so in an orderly fashion. Thank you for coming out tonight. We are all safe. And you can visit OKCThunder.com for updates on upcoming. On this game, and the official announcement just came that this game has been postponed. So any further information will have to come later on. That is all the information that we have right now that has been disseminated from the league to us here inside the arena. And so the Jazz and Thunder will not play the game here tonight. Unfortunately, the game has been postponed. My reaction initially was no. I can't believe they did that because I thought, okay, well, the sports teams will do what some of the other ones have done on the other side of the world, Japan, and, you know, play in front of empty sure. stands. And you made the point today about just what, what's the affordability in that in terms of continuing on with no revenue. Yeah, the revenue question is huge. Uh, There were some debates on Twitter. Imagine that. People divided with regard of who should buck up here, whether it's fans should forego refunds so that these organizations can keep paying, not necessarily the players, because the players will get paid, but different people within the organizations from the people who sell the popcorn and the other people who count on the jobs in these arenas. And Mark Cuban, always canned, was shot. He was he was in the crowd as he often is at the home game of the Dallas Mavericks, and they caught him on camera when he actually saw on his phone the announcement. And then ESPN's Mark Rinaldi spoke to him shortly after that. First reaction and thought when you learn that the season's been suspended. This is crazy. This can't be true. I mean, it's not within the realm of possibilities. It's just it seemed more like out of a movie than reality. So then he went on to, to talk a, a little bit more about what this all means. You know what? It's really not about basketball or money. I mean, literally, if if this thing is just exploding to the point where, you know, all of a sudden players and others have had it, you think about your family, you know, you want to really make sure you're doing this the right way, you know, because now it, it's, it's much more personal. And you've seen what's happening in other countries, but just the whole idea that it's come this close and potentially a couple of players have it, um, just stunning isn't the right word. I mean, it's just crazy. What concerns do you have right now for your team? Uh, it's, it's not about team. It's, it's just about, you know, the country and life in general, you know. I mean, we've got we've got the pieces in place. I'm concerned about, the, you know, if now that we're not playing games, what about all the people who work here on an hourly basis? You know, we put the, we'll put together a program for them. But, you know, um, there's just so many things that go through your head, right? It's hard to know exactly what's right. You know, talking to some of the guys who aren't playing on the bench, it's like, look, I don't think you guys are going to be able to leave town. It's not like, okay, this is like a lockout time and just go enjoy and we'll figure it out. So, of course, last night the NHL completed five games, including the Jets' 4-2 win in Edmonton. Speculation was rampant amongst hockey media that NHL would follow suit and put the brakes on their season last night. NHL made a statement last night which indicated they would be making an actual statement on that today. Do you have a prediction, Greg, in terms of how you think this might go? I just have a hard time believing the National Hockey League could go against the NBA. A lot of the conversation surrounds the fact that a tremendous number of teams share facilities. 
And now that you've had a player who's uh, preliminarily tested positive and all the teams that the uh, Utah Jazz have played over the last 10 days now and everyone associated with those teams have been contacted to sort of trace who they've come in contact with. This has all happened overnight, late last night and early into this morning. I have a hard time believing that the, the NHL, at the very least could be going ahead with games with fans. I, I think that at the very least, they're going to have to do what the NCAA did by announcing no fans at March Madness, the biggest, for a lot of people, the biggest sporting mm-hmm. event of the year. Uh, but I, I suspect, once again, only my prediction is that the NHL will do exactly what the NBA did. We'll continue this conversation in a moment, uh, but first got to press pause and check traffic and weather. And also just an acknowledgement to listener Uliana, uh, who sent us a text message of her distraction because we were asking, how do you unplug? How do you escape the real world when things get a little overwhelming? And she sent us mm-hmm. a picture of her cute, her two cute little dogs. What kind of dogs do you think these I are? I think these are terriers. Boston yeah. Terrier, maybe? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what it looks like. But yeah, dogs. We talked about the possibility, could you get a dog delivered to your house just to make you feel better? <laughs> for a day. Eliana, I'd take these dogs for an hour. Yeah, man. I, I, nothing makes me happier than a, than a happy dog. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Here's another M. Manitoba. Manitoba's official opposition blocked the Pallister government from introducing its new budget on Wednesday. So in the release from the NDP yesterday, the party said that it was using what they call procedural tactics in the House to keep the PCs from introducing their harmful legislation. As a result, the finance minister didn't read his speech in the House's plan, saying last night it hopes to introduce the budget today. Our question this morning is what happens next? And here to maybe answer that for us is NDP leader Wab Canoe, thanks for being in studio with us. Thanks for having me. We want to take it back to yesterday because for many sure. of our listeners, you know, even myself being at the legislature, you don't procedural tactics don't mean anything to anyone, right? You're, you're in the weeds, yeah. And when you talk about uh, trying to block legislation, it wasn't about blocking the budget in that moment. You said that Correct. it was about bills that were going to be introduced or about to be introduced. So tell us about that and what your concern was. So basically, the, the government was trying to sneak through on budget day more than 20 bills that are going to have really serious repercussions on Manitoba families. It's going to affect the schools that your kids go to, going to affect the pensions that seniors rely on, going to affect a lot of people's jobs, your ability to earn a good living, people who have to get up in the morning to go to work. And so we think it's really, really important for Manitobans to have a chance to look at these bills before they come uh, to be passed into law. The government, by trying to sneak them through on budget day, was hoping that nobody would get a chance to see what are some really aggressive changes to pension, schools, and jobs in Manitoba. And so as a result, we hit the pause button on that legislative agenda. We're using tools at our disposal within the rules of the legislature to try and make sure that everyone in the province gets six months, a year to consider these drastic changes before they actually uh, take effect. These bills, you technically haven't seen them. We pointed that out last night. You're, you're not able to see them. You just want to have more knowledge about what's in them so that you can take a further look at them. Exactly. If if that is the case, if it is so important for you to look at those bills more closely, does that mean the de- delaying tactics or procedural issues continue today in yes. the House? Yes. There's a very important deadline coming up next week. If we do nothing, these bills will pass into law almost immediately. If we drag them out past this deadline, then they can't pass until the fall at the earliest. So this is just about a deadline date that the government knew was approaching and was trying to ram through these changes to pensions and to schools and to a lot of things that just the average person in Manitoba cares about. So as a result, we're trying to push it back so that the bills can't pass for another six months. That way, the average person out there listening who's still thinking, okay, what happened at the legislature yesterday? You're going to be able over the coming months to say, well, okay, that changed to schools. I don't like that or this change to pensions hmm i don't know but at least you'll be informed at least you'll have the opportunity to review what's taken place so in doing that is the goal then to prevent the finance minister from talking again today and tabling his budget and i know from as far as you understand it he can do that at any time and we can still hear what's in the budget as far as you understand yeah legislative well, there's, rules. A, there's a there's a set of magic words that the finance minister or or anyone on the government side can say they can stand up at any moment and say i ask for leave to table the budget we would say yes to that, and then 
magic happens and then all of a sudden the budget gets released at that point. The government can do that at any point. For us, this has never been about holding up the budget. It's just that the government was trying to sneak through these 20 extra bills underneath the cover of the budget. They're hoping all the the spin and the spectacle of the budget was going to distract from these really bad changes to to people's jobs, to well, people's workplaces. What, what, what you fear are bad changes, though, just to yeah, be clear. Sure. Okay, so uh, everyone knows that uh, the government has cut health care. And now what they're doing to health care, they are going to do to education. If you talk to any teacher, any principal, any educator, they've been expecting a whole bunch of cuts to come to education. That, that's going to start with the bills that are on notice right now. There's a bunch of changes to people's ability to earn a living. There's a bunch of changes that are going to come with your ability to negotiate a fair wage that are contemplated in these bills. There's changes to pensions. There are changes to uh, the way the environment gets regulated in Manitoba and so on down the list. But I think the, the, the big three that we're looking at are pensions because they affect the seniors, schools because they affect all of our kids, and then jobs because, I mean, pretty much all of us have to work for a living. Help us understand how something you haven't seen yet could be put into active legislation could be passed by Tuesday. I'm not understanding this. There's a series of deadlines. Basically, we're getting into the rules and the minutia of the legislative process. But if the government moves ahead of this deadline, they can pass those bills almost immediately. Without reading them in the House, without presenting them to you? We will get a chance to see them. You will not. Because the media is going to be covering budget uh, for we, the next few days. These bills would pass before the, the average Manitoban even heard about them. We can see the them. bills, though. We, you're, it just, you, what? I'm talking about realistically. Real. I'm talking about, like, would the average person out there with all the noise of what's happening, all the other news, the big global stories right now, would they get a chance to hear, hey, there's this fundamental change to your kid's school happening? It seems very, very unlikely. If we drag it out for an extra six months and then, you know, over the course of those months, you hear three, four, five times schools are changing in Manitoba. The way your kids' education gets delivered is going to change. That gives you a much better opportunity to get informed about what's actually happening. In the meantime, we have this budget that everybody is waiting to hear what's in it mm-hmm. in Manitoba. And the the theory yesterday was because of what the NDP did, the Premier and the Finance Minister weren't going to table that budget. And so it could be a couple of days before we get that budget as well. I mean, is there any part of you that just thinks you've raised the attention now We've got people talking about this. We'll look into this, but let's get this budget tabled in these really critical times with of, of crashing economies and coronavirus concerns on the rise. So we were very responsible. The first thing that we did this week on Tuesday, we worked with the government to pass an emergency $35 million to buy COVID-19 supplies. So before we even contemplated going down this path, we first took care of what we know Manitobans are thinking about, which is let's get our health care system and our province ready for COVID-19. So we did that. The health system has $35 million in hand to prepare for that. We also know that the government has announced a number of their budget measures. They announced that they're going to impose this carbon tax. They're going to do a change to the PST. All of those things will take effect no matter when the budget speech gets delivered. Those will all happen on July 1st. But to be fair, wouldn't these bills go through anyway, no matter what you do? Because you're not the government. it's a question of when. And if Manitobans don't like the cuts to their schools and they actually tell the government they don't like it, maybe the government will change their mind. But we don't we know. know that won't happen, though, if those but if those bills pass under the, the cover of night. Anyway, the, I think the upshot is what we're doing here is simply delaying the budget speech. We're delaying the ceremony of it, but the actual budget measures, the programs, the tax measures, that's all still going to happen along the same timeline. Manitoba NDP leader Wab Canoe joining us live in studio. Thank you so much for coming to visit us this morning. We really appreciate it. I appreciate the time. He's got Have elbow patches time. on his jacket, by the way. It looks snazzy. It looks they are like sweet. A, yeah. Can I? Can we tell people he sewed them on himself? <laughs> I just did it. I didn't even get your permission. <laughs> well, there you go. It looks great, man. So thanks for joining Never us. Never tell a reporter anything. <laughs> if you don't want it out there, don't say it. for your chance to win two passes for the world's largest snow maze at a maze in corn. This is Guinness World of Records certified, so you have a chance to win. This is the last week to enjoy the maze, so if you haven't been out there yet, this is your chance. 204-780-6868. We will ask you the question in a moment, but before that, I'll ask you, Loren McNabb, what's going on with the llamas this morning? Well, I think we're all looking for a laugh, and so maybe I'm just easily amused today because there's been a lot of difficult things to talk about in the news this morning, but we 
in light of that, we ask people, what's your thing you do to unplug or, or get away from bad news or what makes you feel better? Some people talked about dogs, going for a walk, going to the movies, uh, meditating, what have you. And Paula wrote that she goes to my safe space at the 10 Acre Woods. Safe space at the 10 Acre Woods. Being with the animals reminds me that I'm okay. She posted this photo and I was like, oh, yes. I was like, are those llamas? <laughs> And I waited and then I was like, Paula, I need to know if those are llamas because I want to say that's where you go to forget your problemas. (laughs) (laughs) Now, sadly, Paula's written back, not a lot of llamas, but a lot of alpacas. So those are alpacas in her photo. And then I said, I got a whole llama love. For alpacas. A whole llama love. <laughs> and then coincidentally... Kristen. Kristen. At the zoo. At the zoo, send us this incredible picture of their new llama. Yeah, she says, why is budget this virus that? Why is no one talking about the best news the city has received in ages? There is a new llama at the zoo. He is big, he is brown, and he is ready to enchant the hearts of Winnipeggers. Everyone who caught a glimpse of him yesterday was entranced. He is quite handsome. Yeah, this is a majestic beast. So a new llama at the zoo. So thanks for the heads up on that, Kristen. And we got another, one more picture here. Somebody just sent us a random picture of, uh, I'm guessing this is a couple of llamas. So we appreciate that very much. One of them being fed a carrot. How and, cute. Uh, do you remember the book, Llama Llama Red Pajama? No. Yeah, kids book. Thank you, David. Appreciate you sending us that. Screen grab of that. See, everybody needs a little llama in their life today. All right, 204-780-6868. All right, moving on, McNabb. No more puns from you. Snow maze, tickets up for grabs. The question is, on average, we will look at 10 of these before we buy one. What is it? Greg, you have an idea? I do. Okay. I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. Like the match game. Okay. Well, let's see if Crystal knows the answer. Crystal, do you know the answer? I'm going to say website reviews. Website reviews? On average, we will look at 10 of these before we buy one. Website reviews. That's a great guess, mm-hmm. but it's not it. Thank you. Thank you, Crystal. Oh. So Can on you- average, you will look at 10 of these items before you buy said item. Okay. Got it. Jason, do you know the answer? Um, no, I don't. Just make a guess, Jason. Come on, man. Okay, uh, ten items that you look at before you don't buy. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna kind of inspect, think about, look at, and then you buy one. Okay, uh, we're looking at. Uh, I guess it'd be uh, uh, milk. Milk? How many kinds of milk are there out there? You got to examine the date and whether it's dirty or dat. Jason, hey man, good on you for giving it a college try. Yeah, especially with all the different all right. kinds of milk out there now. Is it you go with almond? You got to go with the, the yeah, soy milk. You, go. you know, okay. chocolate. Yes. Okay, that's Could, not it. That's not it, Jason. There are worst, worse guesses. <laughs> all right, Jason. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate that very much. Uh, I do like a good glass of milk. Aaron, do you know the answer? Scratch and win lottery tickets. No, I'm afraid not. Very specific answer. Yeah, I like that. It's been a while since I bought one of those. Mike, do you know the answer? I'm going to go with uh, a house, home. You are correct, sir. Oh, oh right Wow. A home. I, yeah, I think I looked at when I the, when I bought a house, I'm pretty sure the day that we went to look at homes, I went through just the, the, all the open houses and found like 15, and, and I think we looked over, at over a dozen. We, just, we were just doing research. We were just looking at houses, and we, I'm sure we looked at a dozen until we finally landed on one where we thought, I think this is it. Hmm. So it was a great house. Turned out to be what, the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> <laughs> great house. Great house. Big mistake. Yeah, turn off the lights. Get on the couch. Let's yeah. talk about this. <laughs> Mike, congratulations, sir. I'm going to put you on hold. Forte is going to get your details, okay? Sounds, sounds good, thanks. And thanks by Mike. the way, but before I let you go, Mike, yep. y- you have gotten through every day this week. What is your secret? Uh, just a speedy finger, just quick on the dial. Yeah, okay. Well, you can't okay. win another prize for another 30 days, just so you know. That's fine with me, guys. Thanks very much <laughs> okay. for the morning. All right, hang on a second, Mike. going to put Mike on hold. Yeah, I, I've it, always wondered how people can get through every time. You just said that yesterday. Is this Mike on the line again? Right, yeah. but we didn't get to him. I think no. he was in the queue. Because we, I think it was first out of, first out of the gate. Yeah, Mike yesterday. sounds so calm, cool, and yeah. collected as well. I think there's a little bit of a, a confidence there. Yeah. I like yeah, yeah, I'm getting in on this. No problem. Did you write down a guess? I thought it was going to be cars. You, oh, cars is a good one. Ball we had park. that from a couple of listeners. I said books. 
Oh, okay. That's a great guess, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Houses. Yeah. All right. Kristen yeah. thought it, that it would be llamas. She says, I would look at 10 llamas and then buy them all. <laughs> I didn't buy them all. Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> Let's just keep this llama thing going. Do you, llama, more, do you have any more puns? <laughs> no, they're actually all... Uh, you know what? Let me just... Start. I have to, I'll have to now Google some, but I'll get back to you. Hey, by the way, I just wanted to quickly mention, and we have Ben Harper tickets up for grabs at 9.15, playing the Winnipeg International Jazz Festival June 17th at the Burt. And we threw it up on our Facebook page yesterday. We were asking you to share your favorite CJOB memories because yesterday was CJOB's 74th birthday. And Joan, who posted, I think, under her son's Facebook, Kent... Joan says, I grew up listening to CJOB with my parents and aunt, always having Peter Warren on in the afternoon. As well, my mother used to sing live on the Western Hour on Saturday nights. She used to go to the Lindsay Building in 1946, so the very first year, and perform with a live band behind her. My aunt also told the story of how it was Glenn Frayn and the Buckaroos backing her up. She was crowned Queen of the Saddle, and I still run into people who remember her in the rural areas singing on Saturday nights. She married my father in 1947, and that was the end of her singing career. She sang at dances as well, and as well in the Marlboro Hotel Lounge in the basement. And by the way, I also had played a Ben Harper CD for her in the early 2000s, and she really liked it. She passed away in 2008, but here's hoping uh, she always loved, or she always loved, all kinds of music. Here's hoping I win those tickets. And by the way, Joan's birthday is June 17th, the oh, day of the show. On. Wow, that's amazing. That's an unbeatable text. That's really pr- that, that made me teary. So is that is that our winner? That was our winner oh, yesterday. Okay, good. Just, yeah. just, just making sure. Yeah, Joan won the Sound tickets. Sound the alama. He's got <laughs> a winner. <laughs> What's the game show? Well, by now, we have all heard and or imitated the answer. Do you want me to press this? I'll do it. All right. Real simple. There's one question. Only one answer. Whoever gets it, you're playing for $10,000. That's it. Whoever guesses this wins the game. Here we go. Name Popeye's favorite food. I don't think it's fair. <laughs> Yves Dubois of Lorette, Manitoba, immortalized on Canada's edition of Family Feud. And, of course, $10,000 worth of Popeye's chicken. Richer, she is. Last night, another Manitoba family took the stage with Jerry D. The Kelmans from Winnipeg. Chris Kelman in studio with us this morning. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Thanks how, for having me. How many times have people been yelling chicken at you since they found oh, out you were going to be on Family it's Feud? countless at this point. <laughs> Countless. Yeah, so, and I want to make just one quick correction. We are the Ling family. Oh, you're there. the Ling family. Yeah, so, okay. So that. that's my mom's maiden name and my cousin who kind of got the ball rolling. That's his his name as well. So, so then that might be why I couldn't find the clip from last night. Probably, yeah. So uh, tell us, what made you decide to go ahead and, and apply for this? Well, you know what? It, actually, my cousin Kurt, Curtis Ling, he... Uh, he just called us up one day at the office. I work with both my brothers. So he called us up at the office one day and just said, are you guys available for a Skype interview in about half an hour? And we were like, sure, I guess. What's it for? And he said, well, I submitted our name and your picture, and they like the cut of our jib to Family Feud Canada. Do you guys want to do it? Hang on. You didn't even know he had put your stuff we in? We did not him. know. <laughs> and yeah. now you got to do an interview with them to apply to get on the show? Is that how it well, works? To apply to get on the auditions. So we did the Skype interview, and like we all jumped at the chance. It was kind of a, it's an iconic game show, and something that was on my bucket list, anyways. And <laughs> well, and I'm just looking at uh, you. You showed me the picture on your on your Instagram page, and you guys are you're looking sharp. You're all dressed up in suits, but your colors you had a theme. Yeah, we decided to go with the blue and gold in honor of the bombers nice. uh, ending the drought. So nice. I think it went over well, and. Thought we looked pretty sharp. Okay. He did. The headline I'm looking at is Family Food Canada. Will the Ling family take it all? Yeah. So uh, there can was, you, an- you can't answer that question. Well, then. I can because we, we did uh, air an episode last night mm-hmm. and we did. We ended up winning, pulling it out, and then did the fast money and we won. How much can I? $10,000, so we were pretty pumped. How nerve-wracking is it? I mean, it's easy for us to watch a game show and, mm-hmm. and criticize people when they get things wrong or they blurt out 
dumb things. Yeah. But when you're up there on the stage in front of an audience and you've got, you know, maybe a millisecond to hit that buzzer first, like I'm, I would be in a just a constant panic attack. Well, you know what? There was some times where it was pretty stressful. I think the, the most stressful time is when you're actually in the line and Jerry's going down the line asking and the guy next to you takes your answer. <laughs> oh, they, they don't right. allow you to, to whisper amongst each other what an answer could be. So uh, you kind of got to come up with them on your own. And so if the guy in front of you takes your answer, then you're on the spot and mm. you have your three seconds before uh, they X you out. And what about so getting mad at your family member when they don't do well? Well, <laughs> they encouraged uh, supporting each other, but they also did say, if you guys want to kind of have R- some fun with ribbing. it. Yeah, yeah, ribbing a little bit. That's all good. Hmm. So we did a little of that. So too. you have to have a good first answer and a backup answer is probably a good That's, plan. Yeah, that would be a good plan. And then what about when you're pressing that plunger and there's someone across from you and you have to get not only come up with the answer, hit that plunger first, and then blurt it out? Well, it is like you can, I can feel for for the Lorette girl there because yeah, you got to do it quick. Right. You to, and you don't want to get buzzed out. That's the worst thing ever. They And they really press you to give an answer and not get X'd out. So yeah, you hit that buzzer and then you got to come up with something quick and it is pretty nerve wracking for sure. <laughs> How do you prepare for this? Like, do you do, do you study? Like, do they give you sort of a, a, a ballpark as to what topics will come up? They don't. So it's all, everything's brand new. You kind of, I guess the best way to prepare is maybe watch some old episodes or ones that are airing right now and kind of practice answering quickly. They treat you pretty well when you go down there? You know what? They were unbelievable. Every single person from the the guys showing us to your dressing room to the makeup people to Jerry D to producers, everyone was top-notch. And it was, they made you feel pretty special and and just a fun experience all around. This question might be four minutes too late, but just in case people don't get what you're supposed to do on Family Feud, give me an example of a question last night and how it worked for your family, if you can think of it. Well, last night they had uh, a question saying, if you were hosting a Stanley Cup viewing party, what would you need? Okay. And then they had the top four answers on the board. And then they go down the line. Go down the line, yeah. And uh, I think we, in last night's example, we got the first three right because we won the buzzer, then got the first three. And what was your answer? Beer. Beer was number one. Chicken wings. Junk food, chicken wings, junk food was on there. So my brother had answered pizza, so they gave us that. TV. Uh, Color TV for sure. Color TV was number three, so there's the top three. Got it. We we should do this. I left number four, which uh, we went through us, and the next three got X'd out. So we had to, went over for the other team to steal. This was for all the marbles. If they stole it, they won and went to fast money. If they didn't get it. We won and go oh to Fast Money. Word. So it was a little stressful as we waited for them to give their answer. So what did they give as the answer? They threw out water. <laughs> That's exactly how Jerry D reacted to it. <laughs> Could it have been ice? Could ice have been well, the answer? I'm, they might have said that. Yeah. They might have allowed that. But yeah. uh, what was So what was it the... It was jerseys, uh, team jerseys, oh, which jerseys. none of us... Even guess. I don't but, provide jerseys no. to, for my guests when they come to watch a game. You better have a jersey or I'm going to kick you out. You're yeah. not even coming in the party in yeah, the first exactly. place. Yeah, we'd yeah. thrown out seats and a venue and friends to come. None of those were up there. so I like your answers much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, beer for sure was number one. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you've been on a game show, yeah. when you watch game shows in the future, is it going to change the way that you perceive them or the way you enjoy them? I don't think it'll change it, but it does give me a newfound respect for it. I mean, it's a 22-minute show on TV, and it took us close to two hours to mm. film the one one episode. So that was something that surprised me. <laughs> no the, kidding. And yeah. do they do your makeup or anything like that? Yeah, or? they do makeup before, and then in between every question and then at little breaks, they come out with things and dab the sweat off your brow and... <laughs> touch up anything. It was, it was pretty interesting, actually. I'm going to ask a question that Loren wants to know the answer to, but she won't ask. Uh, the food. Did they have food? <laughs> I was actually going to say services. next time, weren't you hungry in those two hours? <laughs> oh, it was, uh, like, you didn't go hungry, for sure. They had a, the ready green room, and it was full of food, breakfast food and everything. And like what, bacon? Get some bacon? You know what? There, there was no hot food there. <laughs> but then at, they had a lunch, which was more mid-afternoon, but it was a Huge buffet. Yeah, but Anything nothing like the imagine. food. Nothing like the food in our green room. Well, you know what? I didn't even get to go in there. So <laughs> oh well. I can't uh, yeah, uh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> so, in the event th- that you were to tell someone 
what happened yeah. before you're allowed to do it. What is the penalty? You know what? They never did really say what it was. We all kind of made a pact to, to keep it secrets and... It was tough to do over the six weeks, but yeah. I think we did a good job. And so, so what's the maximum number of episodes you can be the on? The max you can do is three episodes. Okay. So, so tonight is the second of two, second of three. We don't know. Yeah. We'll have to watch to You'll find to out what time in. does it air. 7.30 on CBC tonight. All right. And are you telling me, you know that you know where you go, you know how far you've gone, but you haven't told anyone else in your life besides the people on the show? Right. Mm. I mean, I think some some people have guessed, possibly, but... Well, Chris, congratulations Thank to you. you so much. Again, you look sharp. We're going to put that picture up on our 680 CJOB Instagram awesome. story, and we wish, we hope to see more good things from the Ling family. Episode 2 tonight, 7.30 CBC. You bet. All right, Chris, Amen. thank you so much for this. And thanks uh, again for having me. But right now, there is a great event happening this weekend that combines three things Manitobans love. Generosity hockey, and beer. And it's all to support a young hockey player who suffered a devastating injury back in December. 19-year-old Reese Kettler, defenseman for the St. Vitale Victorias in the MMJHL, hit the boards headfirst during a game in this December and suffered four fractured vertebrae, leaving him paralyzed from the chest down. Many rallied to help Kettler and his family. A GoFundMe page was started and $295,000 were raised. And the fundraising efforts continue with events like the one being hosted Saturday by Torque Brewing. It's the Reese Kettler Street Hockey Tourney. The president of Torque Brewing is John Heim. He joins us live in studio. John, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So what compelled you to set up this event? Well... We've got a really big parking lot, and uh, the folks at Torque love hockey. I play street hockey on a regular basis, and ice hockey is, you know, ankle benders. Uh, we thought we should uh, throw a tournament together, um, and then when we heard about Reese's accident, we thought, what better way to raise funds uh, in a contextual way um, with beer, sports, and just giving back to the community. So that's how that all came about. So you don't know, Reese. It's not about having that personal connection. It's just feeling connected to a young kid who we can all relate to that happening because so many of us played the game. Yeah, it was just a freak accident, and it's easy to throw something together from this side of the fence. We've never met Reese. I've spoken to his family, and it just seemed like, again, the right thing to do, and it was easy to do. I can only imagine the response you've had. We've had some really good response. We had hoped to have 16 teams of six. We got to 15 in about three weeks. Super happy about that. We've got a lot of um, sponsors for the T-shirt, and we have some silent silent auction items ranging from the Jets to the Gold Eyes through to the rink. We've raised $7,500 to date. We're hoping to get to $10,000 by the end of the weekend. Because you are a brewing company, I have to ask how the beer is involved in this event. The beer is uh, in the background. Um, people need to stay obviously hydrated during the day. Um, and what better way? You know, beer is almost all water. Science. You know, really? Science and sports together. So it's just I was a, sure I, I saw Blake Wheeler drinking a torque on the bench last night. Well, it does offer a little bit of uh, incentive to win some of these games, so... We thought we'd carry that through right to the street hockey rink. You you have spoken to the family, though, right? I spoke to Reese's father the other night for the first time. I do play hockey with some uh, law enforcement folks, and they know the father. They reached out, asked if it was all right if we threw a tournament in Reese's name to raise some money. Because um, what's going to happen ultimately is the you know the GoFundMe page is going to sort of fade away. We hope to have this as an actual inaugural, this being the inaugural game, and we hope to make this an annual event. Next year, we'd like to bring in celebrities, food trucks, a band, and, and basically do a two-day tournament and hope to blow the roof off as far as what we can raise and make this an annual, much-anticipated event in Winnipeg. You guys do a ton in the community. Like, Torque Brewing is always hosting some kind of event for various uh, great causes. Why is it so important for you guys to, to be involved in the community this way? It really just helps us stay in touch with our community. We ask people to support local, so it's hard for us to not uh, also reciprocate. Um, we are doing uh, Alzheimer beer with Chris Walby this year to raise some money for Alzheimer's. And our annual foundation beer this year, our foundation is the Bruce Oak Recovery Center. So we're all looking forward to raising some money. It's just easy to do. Um, and we do it all the way along the way so we don't have to cut a check right up front. Manitobans actually support this through beer purchasing. So it, it all works out for everyone. John, I got to ask you, if I have a great idea for a beer and maybe a label and that sort of thing, uh, back in the day, I would have to come up with this 
great big huge business plan. How am I going to open my own brewery? Can I come to you and, and say, hey, can we work together on something like this? We've done some private label stuff for sure, Greg, and uh, it's easy to do. Um, my background is in advertising and illustration, so I usually help sketch out uh, a label, talk about the the goal of it. We work with the brewer to, for a style of beer, who you think your uh, target brewer or your target drinker would be, and it's really an get you down to actually help brew the beer, which is kind of fun, too. So is this helping the competition in theory or bringing someone together to work with and sell their beer through Torque? It actually, you know, ultimately we sell all our beer to the MBLL, so we do make our nickel on the way through, and it also allows... We did a really cool beer for um, uh, a play a, a equipment manager for the Jets recently. Uh, we worked with Blake and the Jets on getting this done in about four days, and it was just presented to, um, I think it was Mark, and it was on his thousand, his one thousandth game uh, as an equipment manager with the, in the NHL. So that was kind of fun. Well, and yeah, we was it the black canvas or blank canvas uh, beer uh, with uh, the the Cal Barteski artwork on it. We just uh, learned about that a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, that, that was, was a big initiative. Guys. So that is a, a third party fundraising event uh, that will work with. Not just Torque, we were the first brewery. I believe they're working with Barnheimer next, uh, working with a local artist and a, and a beer. So it just creates some excitement. It brings together artists and yeah, and beer. So it's always, beer is always in the background. Well, this And weekend. hydrating, sorry, I just wanted yes, to... Yes, it's essential <laughs> to be hydrated at all times. Missed miss that grade seven science test there. <laughs> Hydration for the hockey tournament this Saturday. Torque Brewing hosting the Reese Kettler Street Hockey Tournament. What time is it? 9 a.m. to 11 p.m.? That's a 9 a.m. ball drop, and we hope to have the final game uh, at 5 o'clock that afternoon. So it's an all-day event at Torque Brewing. Where are you guys located? We are at 330-830 King Edward, uh, the corner of King Edward and Wellington. John Heim is the president of Torque Brewing. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Always a pleasure. Pleasure as always. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.